chapter 18, the ninth through the 14th verse, hear ye the word of the Lord. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified for, before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. amen. I won't be before you long. Uh, <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about don't look at me. Look at him. So. One afternoon, there was a man from a construction company laying carpet at a house for a lady. He stepped out for a smoke break, only to realize that he had lost his cigarettes. After a quick but fruitless search, he noticed in the middle of the room a lump sitting under the carpet that he had just installed. That can't be a lump. That's his cigarettes. So he said, no need for me to pull up the entire carpet for a pack of cigarettes. So he grabbed his mallet and he went and flattened that lump. Not long after finishing his job, he's cleaning up. And the lady comes and says, here, I found your cigarettes. They were in the hallway. But now I can't seem to find my parakeet. Oops. My bad. Sometimes we know when we have made a mistake. Sometimes we don't know when we have made a mistake. And it's the mistakes that we don't know about that really come back to bite us. The secret problems, the ones that we don't want to admit, the ones that we don't want to tell anybody else, the ones that we don't think anybody else knows about, those are the ones that get us the worst. I will tell you that even if you think nobody knows about it, somebody knows about it. There is nothing new under the sun. I sit back and I marvel at watching my children think up stuff that I already know that they're going to do before they do it because I've been there before. I've 
seen what they've seen. I've told them, I've, I've had these conversations before and I see it. I see it on my job because I happen to work with a lot of people who are younger than me. And I, I, not that I am that old, I'm only 36, but I work with a lot of 20 year olds fresh out of college some fresh out of high school, and I tell them sometimes when we have these debates and when they get on their jobs and they're wondering about all the corporate culture and what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, I've been 20 before on the job. You haven't been 36. And just like that, I also play, pay that same deference and reverence to those who have worked before me because they've been 36 before. I've not been 50 or 60 or 70, so I take that wisdom and I listen to it, but it's the things that we see, and the reason I bring that up is because every time you think you're inventing something new, every time you think that you've come up with something, it's been done before. And so when you think you have those things that you've gotten away with and nobody's seen, somebody's seen. And even if somebody's not seen, somebody knows, and even if somebody doesn't know God knows. The Bible says that we were all born into sin. While we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us before we were even thought of, before our grandparents were even thought of. But the fact remains that we are all still in sin. We've kind of gotten away from that. Churches want to preach a little something different because they want to keep a smile on their face and the offering real high, but our sin is ever before us. That ain't me, that's the Bible. If you go to Psalm 51, right after David had murdered somebody in order to cover up a pregnancy, he said, my sin is ever before me. Psalm 19 tells us that the secret sins hurt us. So here you have Jesus talking to some people who thought that their righteousness was above others, thought that they were a little better than others. And you have the Pharisee and the tax collector. And it's interesting that he uses the, the, the example of the Pharisee and the tax collector because you have to pay attention to the culture at that time. Uh, we demonize Pharisees because we think about what happened to Jesus. But back during those times, the Pharisees were considered the good guys. The Pharisees were those who had studied the Bible. The Pharisees were the church folk. And so when he brings up this example about the Pharisees, he doesn't bring it up to beat on the Pharisees directly, but to bring, to, to, to bring attention to the church folk. These Pharisees have studied the law. They've studied the word and, and got it in them. They spent that time in the word and they're, they're experts on the word because they've read it over and over again. And sometimes they've even had some where they had uh, uh, like scribbles of, of, the, of the law on their eyelids and they called them phylacteries and different places where they could open up their, their sleeves and, oh, here's a scripture here I'm working on. And, oh, here's a scripture here I'm working on. And those were things that happened. These were people who were devout believers. The Pharisees were not the bad people during that time. But we've come to beat up the Pharisees because we want to talk about grace more than we want to talk about sin in Scripture. But the Pharisees were not bad people at this time, and they were not bad people in this example that Jesus provided as a parable. We have also kind of gotten away from what a tax collector was at that time. Uh, a lot of people were being oppressed by the Roman Empire at that time. 
They didn't come in and negotiate deals to take over these lands. They took them over by force. And then after they took them over by force, they had somebody who would be responsible for collecting the taxes on their own people. And they wouldn't just collect the taxes on their own people. If you owe the Roman Empire $100, I might come get 150 so I can keep a little something for myself. And so that was the problem when they talk about tax collectors being bad during that time. These folks were out there going against their own people, tearing up their own people and skimming off the top to make them something. And so you have a Pharisee who's supposed to be a good person by their standards. And you have a tax collector, a publican, a publican, not Republican, publican. I don't really preach that much politics from the pulpit because God is bigger than being a Republican or a Democrat, but in some text, he is called a publican, someone who is responsible for taking money from the people. And you have the, the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector going to church. I like that they go to church because I understand it doesn't matter how high you up are on the ladder, how good or how important you think you are, how lowly you think you are, you still need to go to church. Even when they talk about parables in the, in the Bible with Jesus, he says he's going to the temple as was his custom. We need to spend more time in the church. And so you have this, this Pharisee and this tax collector, and it doesn't matter good or bad, rich or poor, white, black, Asian, Latino, everybody needs God. But you have this Pharisee who is praying a pompous prayer, puffed up. Look at me. I'm great. I do this. I do that. Look at how I fast. Look at how I tithe. Look at how I am not like this person next to me. You know, they talk about this a lot, but I, I, I feel the need to mention it because I've probably heard it four times in the last week. But when they say that the problem with the church is not reaching the generation X and generation Y and the millennials is, is, is not... Uh, uh, it's not lost on me, but they talk about the reason. One of the reasons why is, you know, they don't have a problem with God. They don't have a problem with Jesus. They don't have a problem with the church. They, I mean, they do have a problem with the church. Why? Because they see a bunch of hypocrites in the church. <sighs> see, the funny thing about young people is, is as you get older, you gain this filter that goes from here to here. You, 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 you develop that filter. You develop this filter that, that you don't always say what's on your mind. And so if you see somebody that's faking, if you see somebody that's not genuine, 
when you get a little older, you don't call it out. But the young folk call it out immediately. They immediately see it and call it out. They won't tolerate it. And because they won't tolerate it, that's why a lot of young folk don't want to be at the church. Because they see the fakeness. Instead, and not, and not that we are all Pharisees, but some of us may take an attitude of a Pharisee. We may say, look at me. I'm the pastor. Look at me. I'm on the lay committee. Look at me. I give a lot. Look at me. I lead this ministry. But the people on the outside are saying, look at you. I saw you drunk. Look at you, you ain't been faithful to your wife. Look at you, you using for drugs for your, that aren't prescribed to you. We have these problems going on and instead of pretend, acting like we are a hospital for sick people, we act like we're a club that's got everything together. We ought to be more like the tax collector and understand that we are but filthy rags when we come before the Lord. In iniquity we were formed. We were born into sin, but while we were yet sinners, Christ still decided to die for us. So, Lord, have mercy upon me. Uh, part of the problem with us is we don't have, part of the problem why we don't have control outside the church is because we are too busy trying to, uh, because we don't want to rather release control inside the church. We want our titles. We want our positions. We want our ranking. We want to be able to pump our chest out and say, look at me. Instead of being at this altar and being before the Lord in prayer on a constant basis. We need to be more like the tax collector than the Pharisee. For the Bible says all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. I can't figure out a way to say all without it including all. There's no qualifier on that. There's no all except. There's no all but only these people in this case. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So we got to be willing to face our sins. We got to be willing to take them over to God. We got to be willing to turn it, turn it over to God and let God handle it. God can handle our addictions. God can handle our fears. God can handle our problems. We just got to be willing to give them to God. And we got to be willing to give them to God and not give them to the church folk. I don't, I don't think the microphone is on. I think there's something wrong with the microphone. We got to be willing to give our sins to God. I look at the text and I see that this tax collector, he says, Lord, have mercy upon me. I am a sinner. Doesn't mention his sin. Doesn't mention what sin it is. He just says, Lord, have mercy upon me. Your sin is between you and God. I say your sin is between you and God. That doesn't mean you don't confess your sins. And that doesn't mean that you don't have people around you to hold you accountable. 
to tell you when your stuff stinks. But your sin is between you and God. Nobody else has a heaven or a hell to put you in. So he says, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I like that it doesn't mention his sin because it doesn't matter. There's no ranking on sin. There's no level to that. Sin is sin. And we got to be willing to turn it over to God. We got to be willing to turn it over to Jesus and let him truly change our lives. Not just play church. Not just come in and say a few words on a Sunday morning and then go back out and don't do anything about it. We got to be able to confess our sins. The Bible says if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know, I can remember growing up and getting in trouble from time to time. And I would get in more trouble for trying to cover it up than I would for had I actually done it. I would get in more trouble for trying to cover it up. And my mom would say, it's, not, it's no longer about what you did, it's that you lied about it. You got to be willing to come clean. I was, I was listening to a podcast on the way to school not too long ago. Kathy Hughes, founder of Radio One, a very successful African-American woman, owns most of 97.9, 102. She's owned somewhere at any given time, somewhere around 200 stations, give or take. Uh, I think at its peak it was 200. I think she's down to about 50 now. But anyway, she owns all of these things, and she started the business on her own and they were asking her about how did she be able how was she able to pay for all of this how was she able to finance this how she was she was able to keep it together and she said what she would do is whenever she knew she couldn't make payroll whenever she knew that there was a bill that was going to be tight and it was going to be a couple days late she would call the bank ahead of time she would call her creditors ahead of time and say look I don't have, I know that the note is $10,000 and I don't have the entire $10,000 right now, but I just wanted to let you know that I didn't have it and here's $5,000 on it. And because she was able to get out in front of her mistakes, time after time after time again with either bill collectors and banks and credit cards and because she was able to get out ahead of the people for that and they would all say, we've never seen anybody be this upfront with us about it. Because she was able to do that, Kathy Hughes says she's never bounced a check, never had a, never had a creditor ever come back on her and, and take their stuff from her. None of that's ever happened because she got out in front of it. It's the cover-up that kills us. That's why blackmail works as well as it does in those people that get down like that. If they have a secret from you, if they have a secret over you, the fact that you don't want to get it out. We all have our struggles. We all have the things that we have to deal with. We have to be willing to bring them to the altar and say, Lord, have mercy upon me. We need to look at our plastic attitudes, our pla- walking around with plastic smiles. One of my favorite mixtapes was made by a gospel rapper by the name of Lecrae called Church Clothes. And he talked about 
in the church called how, how there would be someone who's singing a solo in church and we know she was out there bad. And nobody says anything about the person singing a solo when she's acting bad, but they want to stop the young man with a snap back hat on because that's disrespectful. You got to come to church with suit and tie. And so you can come to church with a suit and tie and be tore up on the inside. But we have to be willing to learn. We have to be willing to lock in and turn everything over to the Lord. God is big enough to handle whatever we're dealing with. He speaks and worlds are formed. He can handle whatever you're going through. We just have to be better about it. We just have to be more real about it. We just have to be more authentic. And check our own attitudes as well. Because there will be people who come around who are struggling and are saying, Lord, have mercy upon me. And we need to be willing to take care of the least, the last, and the lost. Because if it weren't by the grace of God, we could be in that same position. And so we can't be caught up in titles. Because if we get caught up in titles and thinking that our title gives us something, we are exalting ourselves. And we'll get caught up in that title and then we'll discover that that title don't mean as much as we thought it would. So we will exalt ourselves and be extremely humbled. But if we do what we're supposed to do, if we turn our stuff over to God, God will make a way for us. Our gifts will make rooms for us. I remember the parable says it's better to be sit when you come to a party, uh, the proverb rather, when you come to a party, sit low. Because it's better for you to be invited up higher than it is to be high and be told to go down low in front of everybody. Watch how you treat people, the adage says, because those same people you see on the way up, you're going to come right back to them on the way down. And so we need to humble ourselves. We need to be willing to put our trust in Jesus. We can't have this don't look at me or look at him. We, need, we, we can't say look at me anymore. Don't look at me. Look at him. And that him that we need to look at is God, the creator and sustainer of all things, the giver of all good gifts and graces, the one who speaks in worlds as form, the one who sits high and looks low. If we don't have a real relationship with God, we can't have a real relationship with people. We need to be able to love God and love people. We need to be able to love God because God loves us in spite of ourselves. There's plenty of things I can think about that I've done that don't, that don't deserve heaven. We were all born into sin. But even though we were born into sin, God still decided to send his son to die for our sins. And not only that did he die, but he got up again with all power in his hands. And because that has happened, we need to take the approach of not of the Pharisee, not say, look at me, but understand that God's grace was provided for us. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.